we are in a very amazing period of time where you can have a store that's open 24 hours and never closes and it's self-checkout. And you could just stock with products that never go out of stock. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing to me. You hear what I say? Tweet Talk episode 86. Episode 86, man. What's going on? So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to g- g- get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yes, sir. Yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore Upgrade your sneakers with a black-owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. He's a genius, man. Get yours today at GetLaceLaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. Are we on the air, Tweet sugar? Dope. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Rolling along, well past 88,000 uh, downloads. You said how many? 88,000. 80, wow, that's impressive. And going and growing. And everybody's happy that you're back. <laughs> yeah, somebody sent me a text about that. They're like, man, it's good to have you back, man. We needed that raw. <laughs> that's funny. Back in the building, Raphael and Charles. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow myself, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow Charles, of course, at Real Todd Billion. The Real Todd Billion. At Real Todd Billion. No phonies. <laughs> yeah, no phonies. We dissect tweets and talk about building black wealth. And man, what's new in Todd Capital World? Um, man, not even sure. Just uh, <laughs> kind of just taking it day by day, staying focused. Um, still struggling with this truck. Um, had an issue with the insurance where um, the guy sent me like a double insurance bill. And so he wants like $3,000 from me. But the problem with that is that um, two things. First and foremost, we expected to have the truck rolling by now. So we expected to have the, the revenue taken care of that. But also the insurance shouldn't be that much money. Um, and so like when you do this, when you hook up with a 3PL, you're supposed to um, just get uh, what's called uh, bobtail insurance. Bobtail insurance is supposed to be like two to 300 bucks because when it's actually hooked up to a load, that person who is providing the actual uh, the service, they're insuring the load load, not the truck. And so um, the reason why I was willing to pay a little bit more is because I was just having a hard time finding insurance and getting it started. And so the goal is to get it started, get it rolling, get this thing going, and then find a more affordable insurance. Anyway, the dude comes up with some story and he's like, oh yeah, I need the money for the insurance for February and March at the same time. And I was like, huh? I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And so when he told me that, I was like, I need to see some docs. I was like, I don't even know like what you're talking about. I need you to prove this to me. And so what it looks like is it looks like he's not even like, he looks like he's charging me 1500 bucks a month to basically provide insurance for his whole fleet. So he's using me and my ignorance 
to pay the whole 1500 bucks per month, which then assures multiple trucks on his fleet. Uh, At least that's how it appears to me because my insurance shouldn't be that much. And so essentially, uh, I haven't really talked to him for a few days. Um, he sent me some docs. It doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like. And so I'm going to touch base with them tomorrow. It's uh, very difficult to get work done when you have a little boy running around. It's, it's hard, man. It's so interesting because it's like when you, when, when you have them, it's all hands on deck. And then he takes a nap. You're like recovering from having to be that focused. <laughs> and so like... I just, days go by. I'm still working on that part and trying to be productive. That's probably why I'm going to be working tonight is trying to get a, a bunch of things done while he's asleep because I can get a lot of things done while he's asleep. So hopefully I can. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's new. Hey, still have any adventures in trucking? Yeah. Um, I mean, the good news is a lot of the properties are doing well, but quite honestly, I keep getting deals about homes in Michigan, Detroit, and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to go through it. I'm just like, I'd rather just invest in a better market. Um, I get deals and it's like the 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 purchase price, the rehab, you you are at cost. You're at the actual market value. There's no equity. Mm. And what I, I was talking to Rashana Scott and she was telling me this. And I was like, I always had this feeling because I'm always getting bids, always finding things, trying to make deals make sense. And she's saying a lot of contractors, they don't bid it based on what it, it actually should be worth per se. They're bidding it based on what the property's worth. So if I have a house that they think is worth 60 grand that I bought for 10 grand, for some reason, the rehab mysteriously becomes 50 to 60 grand. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why is the rehab 50 to 60 grand? Or if I have a house that's worth $20,000, $30,000 after repair, for some reason, your rehab is $20,000, $30,000. And I didn't I didn't know this is true. And sometimes it takes years of experience. But I realized like a lot of these contractors, they're just bidding it based on the value of the property. They're not even bidding it based on anything, because with real estate, when people started realizing you can make money in real estate, everybody and their mom started trying to figure out a way to make money in real estate, which then made it difficult for the investor to make money. Now, wholesalers have these huge spreads. Rehabbers or GP or GCs, contractors have these huge spreads. So kind of trying to figure this out, um, even with like realtors, they're pricing these properties at the point where it doesn't even make sense as an investor to come in. You're not buying value anymore. You're buying somebody's exit. You're buying it at market value. And that's not a deal. Like the goal is to make money on the buy. So um, I was listening to um, I was listening to Ian Dunlap and he had somebody on the show. And I think I was telling Rashana this where the guy made crazy money in the stock market. He turned, I want to say, like one hundred thousand dollars into two million. And then he lost nine hundred of that of that money. So he turned one hundred thousand into two million. Then he lost nine hundred. And now he has one point one. But he effectively took one hundred and turned into one point one despite the loss. And so like, what should you do? And Ian, and I think even the guys that earn your leads were like, just don't do nothing, man. Just chill for a while. Wait for something to find you. Wait for a deal that makes 100% sense. Because a lot of times we feel like it's go, 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 get, 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 do, 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 do. And you can kind of force things that don't make sense. You can get ahead of your skis, if you will. And so I'm at a point now where it's like, just sit down and chill. The stock market has been great, but quite honestly, people who were expecting 2020 returns in 2021 are probably going to be very, very disappointed. Um, I'm actually considering going all cash because I'm looking at I'm looking at the market. I'm just like, in my experience, what I've seen is you have really, really good years and then you have an okay or bad year. And so for me, 2018, I think I said this before, was fantastic. And then 2019 was flat. Like it was, not only was it flat, everything that I was doing that worked in 2018 didn't work in 2019. 
So the same exact strategy that I used to do really, really well in 2018 was getting me clapped in 2019. And so I chilled, I chilled. And then I got back in 2020 and we crushed it. And so now I'm over here like, you know what? Um, 2021, I don't know. Granted, we're doing really well, um, but today was not a good day. And so one of the downsides of having a substantial portfolio is like you have really, really good days and then you have really, really bad days. <laughs> and so it's like, but the thing is, is the good days tend to outweigh the bad days. But I'm looking right. at companies like SPG, where before they fell during COVID, it was trading at like 140, 150, I believe. And now it's at 120. And I'm always, I'm the kind of person like I don't need to make all the money. I just got to make some money. So like even with the S&P index, I sold the S&P index when it got to pre-COVID levels. That's my exit. My exit is pre-COVID levels. I'm not trying to continue. I'm not trying to be greedy. Just get what I got to get, move on to the next undervalued opportunity. So it's it's interesting right now. Yeah, well, on a good note, you had a tweet where you said the stock market never cussed me out. Yeah. Um, man, um, I forgot what I was referring to because we've had pretty pleasant interactions with um, pretty pleasant interactions with our tenants, but like in the options community, they've been turning up lately. Um, and a lot of times everybody comes for me when that happens. And so since I'm the quasi leader, like if somebody else does something, then I'm ultimately being looked at as being responsible for that. Even if these are two adults, grown adults who are going about their business and folks just say some crazy stuff on the internet, man especially people who like deem themselves customers or just, just crazy stuff. And also people who are like hiding behind a meme. I saw a tweet. I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, who, I don't know who it was, but they had sent somebody successful a DM. No. All right. So I've actually seen this in two different instances because I ha- it happens all the time. So one person hit up like minks of wall street mm-hmm. and they're like, Hey, I'm struggling right now. It'd be great if you can give me some money. <laughs> she didn't respond. And all of a sudden it's like, F you B, you wacky this, you that. <laughs> and I saw another one and it was like this person who like said, Oh, I keep seeing you on my um, who to follow page. But I mean, I'm not sure if I want to follow you. I need you to explain some of your tweets to me because I want to see if like I'm kind of concerned with some of your views and I don't want to like I feel like I don't want to follow you if this is who you are. So like, could you explain these to me? And the person's like, I'm not explaining myself to you. All of a sudden, well, after you didn't be, you old and whack anyway. <laughs> so anyway, um, dividends, I got a dividend from Exxon and getting dividends is different, man. Like it just comes and you don't got to, it comes on the data supposed to come. You're not over here because every month is kind of anxiety. Like, yeah, rental income comes, but it's always a chance it's not going to come. It's always a chance it's going to come with some complaints, some repair requests, so I tell people that these days, the goal isn't to be reactive to tenants. The goal is to be proactive with tenants. And so we sent out a message, said, hey, let us know anything that you think need fixed. We're going to send somebody out there and get it done. We might do that every quarter. But I told the guy, I was like, while you're out there, look for other things that need to get fixed. Like, don't wait for them to bring it to our attention. If you see something that needs to get repaired, knock it out. Because we don't want, like, you would rather be a step ahead of the tenant than a step behind the tenant for multiple reasons. You don't want them to have a reason to not pay. You don't want them to have a reason to um, say uh, make something worse because if you don't fix it, uh, it might get worse. So interestingly enough, like a lot of us think that entrepreneurship, business ownership, asset ownership is just just this thing that you get right from day one. 
When in reality, you kind of get better at doing these things the more you do them. And that's why you have to commit to it as an actual practice in a business and what you're going to commit to. And that's why even with the truck, like, yeah, it's starting slow. It's frustrating. But it's like, are you doing this because it's a hustle? Or are you doing this because this is the line of business you want to get into? Because that's different. And a lot of people don't do that. They're not saying, oh, I'm going to be in this line of business because I just want to be in the trucking business. No, they're like, oh, I heard I can make $1,000 a week. I need $1,000 a week. And then they get frustrated or even with, um, uh, with, um, what was it like rental properties? Like, yeah, it's frustrating, but I'm finding that the more that we get and the more that we scale, it gets a little bit easier. Like, I don't know why, but it's just a lot easier. The more that you have. Yeah. You're talking about being proactive, you know, so things don't get worse. You know, it's not just a customer service issue. It's like, you got to remember that this is your investment that you plan to hold on to for a very long time. You don't want it for to pieces. I think some people lose sight of that too. Though. Like, yep, this is yours. It's not just like, oh, I don't want to keep paying to repair stuff, but this is something you plan to hold on for a long time. I saw you were saying um, the Todd Capital has been able to collect rents pretty steadily throughout the pandemic. Um, it had honestly, it was way better than I thought it would be. Um, and quite honestly. I think that that could be said about everything that happened during this pandemic. Um, and that's what, what kind of made me so frustrated is like we went like what the media is telling us and then what we're actually experiencing are two different things. Like Atlanta has never closed. Houston has never closed. Why aren't they falling over with COVID deaths? Why aren't they falling over with COVID diagnoses or infections? Why? I don't know. But one thing that I will say is that um, I just was surprised. I think in the be well, I would say it helps to have Sheridan. It really does. Because um, what I'm realizing is a business needs a CEO and a business needs people to work for the CEO. The, the CEO can't do the, all the stuff in the business. Like you just can't. Um, you're going to fall short. And prior to, to Sheridan, it was a struggle. I'm getting phone calls. Um, I'm not the easiest person to talk to. So sometimes I might kind of come back at them kind of crazy, but she doesn't do that. And she can't do that because it's different for her. Mm. So, I mean, when we need to fill a unit, she gets it filled. She vets them. Um, I don't know. I just know that in the beginning, it wasn't always like this because if I looked at the records, I want to say we haven't been fully occupied the whole pandemic. I want to say like the beginning of the pandemic, like January, February, March, we had some units filled, we had some vacancies, but then we kind of took off and got everything taken care of. I think if my recollection serves me correct, I have to look at the records. I'm not completely sure, but I was impressed. The tenants that we had paid, I don't think we had any evictions. Um, we have had one guy who's kind of slow to pay. Um, we had one lady who um, she like lost her job, went on unemployment. But throughout the route, the pandemic, people have found a way. You want to know why? Because housing is at the very bottom of the hierarchy of needs. So worst case scenario, folks going to find a, a way to keep that house. They might not find a way to uh, take a vacation or buy some Gucci or buy some Louis, but they're going to find a way to keep that house because it's probably not an easy time to find a house. It's probably not an easy time to do whatever, because I mean, maybe your income is not consistent, maybe whatever. Who would want to be trying to find a new place when they're getting unemployment? I don't even know if you can get a house on unemployment. Like, are they going to take you? Like, who knows if that's consistent? And so I would just say that um, I think that that is a part of the problem with um, taking all your cues from the media, man, and not taking your cues from actually being in the field. 
because being in the field, we realized like it's all good. A lot of people really were forecasting doom and gloom. Oh, like like uh, on the other side of well, Twitter, there's this dude and he was just like forecasting all this doom and gloom. And one of the reasons why I'm kind of like leery when people try to like be experts in this space is like we never seen this before. Like you can't be an expert in something that we've never seen. Expertise requires experience. You, you can't just like be a self-proclaimed expert. I, I'm not over here telling like, even when I was picking investments, I was like, I don't know if it's going to come back, but the odds are likely that it's going to come back. And even if the odd, even if it doesn't come back, I bought at such a good price that it's not likely going to go below this price. And even if it goes lower, it's not going to go too far low, such as where it fell from. And so the risk to reward was really strong, but I didn't know when it was going to happen. I had no idea. I had no idea that I think it was like after the election, they would announce a vaccine and stocks would explode. I had no idea. I had no idea. I just knew it would eventually would happen. And so um, that's why sometimes options are good. Sometimes options aren't good because you had you got to have the timing piece down. But yeah. That, that's cool. People kept paying, man, because I remember like with the last recession, there was some talk about, you know, a lot of people. And what you got to remember is uh, sometimes these, the mortgage brokers, they don't want to see you with big um, car loans because they say like if there's a choice between paying the house, paying for the house or paying for the car, people keep the car for some reason. <laughs> so he, he saw that a lot for some reason. The last recession, the people like, let their houses go, like just threw their hands up. I thought it was, I always thought it was weird. Like people get underwater on a mortgage just say, well, I'm not going to pay for this house anymore because no, it's not worth the more is worth less than the mortgage. I always thought that was weird. Like why? Because it's like it's a temporary thing. Like the house is going to come back in value, and I mean, and plus you you signed up for the for the debt, so pay the debt, and it's where you live. If you 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 let that house go, then what? You gotta go find yeah. somewhere else to live too. I agree right. with that 100. Um, people get um, so the reason why I think this was different than last time is because I think that the valuations before weren't justifiable, and the rents weren't justifiable either. And so it was a situation where like in Detroit, and this is crazy, like in Detroit, you have a house and you paid 200,000 for it. And then the house right next door is now selling for 20,000. And so you're like, I could just go buy the $20,000 house. And so like, that's why a lot of people did it. I think that kind of uh, increased the drop, but there are people who had like homes in California that were great homes. Somebody in my family bought a huge home, great home. Um, they paid like $700,000 for this house. It was huge. I think it had like eight bedrooms. Um, and then the the value dropped to like 400000 but it's still a great house. Still a great house. Great view, great backyard, great house. Um, interestingly enough, I always kind of keep tabs on that house to see where it is now. I want to say the values are around like five to six, but I know a family in that neighborhood who kept the house. So they bought a house in that same neighborhood at the same time and they stayed. But what they did differently is they had a house at the bottom of the hill. They took all the equity and put it into that new house. And so that's why their cost basis was way lower. And that really matters, like being able to put, and that's why like, I'm not a fan of people who are like, get in their their dream house first because you need to get a house and then roll the equity into your dream house let your home pay for your dream house but yeah very interesting times um i i definitely agree that it makes sense because you never know things change incomes change you make more money you come into a windfall um, it doesn't make sense to let something like that go because typically your replacement isn't going to be as dope as what you had before because it was a very nice house 
Right, right, right. Now, I'm sure you've seen these these numbers that came up recently. I, I didn't really look at the study, but, you know, I think it's a new study came out that's saying the, the wealth, the average wealth of, uh, the wealth of average black family is 17,000 and the average white family is 171,000. So it's basically like 10 times as much. Seen that floating around a lot. And I mean, people seem to be surprised. I thought we all been through this. Like pretty much, it's like I saw that, and it's like, oh boy, here we go. Tone Talks is going to be running rampant on the web now. Mm. Like I told you, I told you, he, he, he has some hatred for Jay, some special type of hatred for Jay Z <laughs> and Jay Morrison. Yeah, and Jay Morrison. But any little bit of news about Jay Z, he's making a video, and he says something in the video. I I realized part of the reason why he hate him so much is because Jay Z didn't go to college, and he did. That's crazy. Because he said he literally said it like uh, black people are too enamored with um, like high school dropouts, and they don't honor their um, he did academics. That. I remember that. Yeah, and I was like, ah, now I see part of the reason. He's right in a way, but. Um, yeah. You know, I still think that whole zero zero wealth for, for black people by 2053 or whatever, I, I, I don't see it happening, man. I don't see it happening. Okiefa. Okiefa. Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. It's um, it's unfortunate, man. It's like because we know it's that way for a reason. I was um, I was on Clubhouse and I was listening to um this lady and she was talking about how she wanted to create this program for like black kids at a school and they told them they're like, well, you can't use the term black. You have to use things like underserved or um, disenfranchised. And I was like, well, how how come that always end up being the black kids who are underserved or uh, like all the negative kind of stereotypes that you can kind of throw at a certain group. And the unfortunate thing is I feel like it's by design, man. Um, if, if you don't get paid the same wages, you can't build wealth. And so like a lot of the folks who like when you look at those stats who are building wealth or who have wealth, they didn't get it from building a business or investing. They just work jobs that paid them well. <laughs> That's all it is. Because when you had all this legislation, this is just my thoughts. We had all this legislation that kind of tore down these barriers to make equality. Then somebody said it and they're like, well, the, the new kind of like segregation is prices. So it's like, it's not that you can't live here because you're black. You just don't make enough money. You can't not come to this restaurant because you're black. You don't make enough money. And so for me, and this is why I study a lot of other groups, is we can't really play the same game that they're playing because they kind of control the game. And that's why I kind of lean on immigrants a lot. And I look at other people who who are doing certain things. So I'm looking at uh, the Asians, looking at, um, I saw something recently and it said that a lot of times Nigerian Americans actually out earn white people, um, which likely means they have more wealth than white people. Um, of course, Asians are at the top of the list. And I think it's kind of unfortunate because a lot of times when these stats come out, we always look at like black folks versus white folks instead of just looking at black folks versus the world, I guess you'd say. 
because then you can kind of you can kind of make an accurate assessment. So I don't have the answer. I just think that, um, man, I, I don't have the answer. It's it's interesting. But one thing I'll say is that business ownership is the way I used to say investing is the way. But I think that business ownership comes first. I think you have to have a business first. You can't, and I believe you can invest your way out of poverty. I really don't. I used to think so, um, but I don't think you can. You need to create a business, serve a bunch of people so that you can separate money from your time. And then you can start using that money to create passive investments, things that are going to pay you forever while still running that business. But I think business comes first. Um, I think we need to kind of like, even if you're in the stock market, it's like, bro, like if you're investing a thousand, two thousand dollars, that's cute, but that's not going to change your life. It's not going to change your life. You need a business. Figure out a way to get a business going. Yeah, take. Uh, yeah, I guess when you say um, investing, because the investment, the investing, you need you need the income. You need to put big dollars in. It's kind of like we always say, like you need uh, big money to to really see returns. Yeah. Like you said, twenty percent on a hundred dollar investment is only twenty bucks. Yeah. And then also. I don't even want to make it like an anti, like, like we're in competition. Like we shouldn't be in competition. We should just want to improve our circumstances. Right. Um, I think that should be the goal. Like the goal should be to improve your circumstances because there's a lot of things that could and should be done that don't require money. They just improve the quality of life. So if you can, I mean, if you can decrease like the amount of violent crime, then you're going to improve the property values, which thereby improves the wealth. Um, if you can keep the streets clean, you're going to improve your community, which also improves your wealth. So it's like we could hustle all we want, but what are we doing to just improve things? Like, what are we, who are we helping? I put out a tweet and it was talking about how if you want to network with high value people, Find a way to to help them. Find a way to give something to them. Find a way to put money in their pocket. Yeah, you say and if we had a we need a network of high value people is to put money in the pocket. Right, and like a lot of people when they when it comes to networking, they're looking for what they can take as opposed to what they can give, what they can, how they can help somebody. How can like people all come, go to networking events and they're looking for somebody to get them to the next level? So why not be the person that gets them to the next level? You'll have a way better experience. Everybody want to talk to you at that point. Now you made all the connections that you needed to make. And so the same thing is true. If we had a community where where it's just people helping people, imagine where we'd be, man. Just help, 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 help. Give, 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 give. Do, 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 do. We'd be in a good position. So I don't think we should focus on the numbers too much because I think that's a a lot of it is by design. I just want us to to build healthier communities. Yeah, I guess we focus too much on the numbers. It, it, it seems like too much, it's just overwhelming. I just always think it's weird that, you know, we talk about this big wealth gap and the three main things that, that builds wealth, people kind of like reject them. Like if you go like, it says like average black family is worth 17,000. The average white family is worth 171,000. That's about, let's say like 150, it's more than that, but let's say 150,000 difference. Mm-hmm. That's like a house. An average house will kind of like bridge that whole gap alone. But then people say, not everybody wants a house. No, everybody wants real estate. Then the other thing is a business. Not everybody wants to run a business. That's the first thing come out of their mouth. And then what's the other thing? The stock market. Well, the stock market is too risky. So it's like, what do you want to do with it? The crazy thing is nobody likes working jobs. I don't think anybody likes their job. They just do it. Like nobody was like, oh, I just love working the job. I love working for money. I love waking up, making just enough money to survive. I love it. Nobody loves that. <laughs> and so it's like, that's why Andre always talks about like, you don't need front end passion. You need back end passions. Like, I don't like the things that I do, but I like the lifestyle that it creates. And so like we as a community, and I, I, I'm pretty sure 
that if you were to look at other successful communities, they do a lot of stuff they don't like doing either. Mm-hmm. Like most people probably don't want to run a business with their family, but they know it works. Most people probably don't want to go to school and only study engineering, but they know it works. Only study nursing, but they know it works. Go be a doctor or lawyer, but they know it works. Start a business in some nonsense. There, there are a lot of immigrants in um in Los Angeles, like older Jewish immigrants. And you know how they make their money? They sell fabric, bro. They sell fabric. They come over here, they import the fabric, they sell it to the people who make clothes and the garment ditching and all that stuff. And they make a fortune. They live in Beverly Hills. They put their kids in great schools. They position their kids to start whatever business they want. The law firm that I was working in, his dad sold fabric. He was wealthy. He put his son in position to start his own law firm. Now his son's law firm is massively successful because they did what they they had to do. And as a culture, we don't do a lot of what we have to do. We do what we feel like. Like even what you're saying, like starting a business is everybody. Like that's just because you don't feel like going through the actual work of starting a business. It's not because it's not for everybody. Like what are you talking about? Investing is not for everybody. Owning real estate is not for everybody. Yes, yeah, for the wealthy. We got a wealth issue that we got to solve. So it's not, we're not talking about everybody. We're talking about the wealthy. We need to close the wealth gap. Therefore, these are the things that we need to be doing. So you either identify with wealth or you identify with poverty. And if you identify with poverty, you got to keep that over there, but you don't get to identify your poverty traits as black. That's just poverty traits. We have choices. We can do two different things. You can either start a business, invest, do all these different things and identify with the wealthy and you'll ultimately become wealthy. Or you can hang out all day, watch TV, not work weekends, not work evenings, not study, not elevate. But you don't get to you don't get to blend it on your blackness. You don't. If I see like and I think that's the problem is we don't see a lot of people who are complaining, hustling. (laughs) We don't see a lot of people who are hustling, complaining Like the people who are out there getting it. The people you see in Atlanta killing it. The people that you see in Baltimore, Philadelphia, um, Texas killing it. You don't see them complaining about too much. I'm not honestly like. The wealth gap number is funny to me because it doesn't apply to me. I'm like, all right, for sure. That number doesn't apply to me anymore. Like we have that inequity in our house. And so it's like, I think that I think that you don't have to identify with everything just because they try to label you as that. Um, it was interesting and it was really cool to to watch uh, the Eric Thomas because they discussed the 17,000. They even na- named the the show that the show was like 17,000, blah, blah, blah. And they were talking about there. They were like, because everybody on that on that show has done very well. You know how they've done well? Digital courses. They made a ton of money. They just been changing their lives with courses. Eric Thomas has gone into the course space. Like even Alex Good Energy, Alex Good Energy, he actually, his courses are affiliated with Eric Thomas. They don't talk about it much, but he's affiliated with Eric Thomas. And quite honestly, I think that's how he's made most of his money because trucking ain't easy. <laughs> I should get that on a shirt. Trucking ain't easy. <laughs> it, it just, let me, let me know. Cause I, I saw a post. He's like, man, I got five trucks. I'm struggling. I was like, it's a grind, man. It's a grind repairs. It's like real estate. But you can make your money in digital courses. But they were just talking about how like that doesn't apply to them. They're all massively wealthy. Eric Thomas is a millionaire. Um, CJ, he's a millionaire. Um, Carl has been growing his wealth because he, he just launched his products. Um, nine to five millionaire. He's always been doing well just through real estate and uh, some courses as well. So um, I would just say that use that stuff as motivation, not as damnation. A lot of times people will see something like that and like, dang. We can't ever get ahead. $150,000 is not a life-changing amount of money. But if you look at it as though it's an insurmountable obstacle, then you're going to be frustrated. But one thing that I think is important is 
that number, like even the 150, there's a lot of white people out there way more than 150. Right. And there's also um, some African-American people with less than the 17. But there's also some African-American people with more than the 150 as well. Um, I just want us to get our numbers up, but I think that we can't continue to buy what they're selling us. We have to we have to find a way to 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 see the world how you want to see it. And it's unfortunate because we don't really own any media. And that's one thing that uh, Dr. Boyce Walker is really big on. He's like, we got to create our own media because that's the number one person. Like after you leave school, who's teaching you the media? Everything you get fed comes through the media, news articles, all that stuff. We need our own our own media. Right. Podcasts okay. help. Yeah. And like you said, man, we just got to get our numbers forward. Like make some improvements in your life. Like make some progress across the yeah. board. Whatever it is, get a house, get a business, make more money at work, at least something. Ink them up. Now, this episode's Black Billionaire Banter. I like to talk about this new deal with uh, LeBron James joining Fenway Sports Group as a partner. And him actually, it's LeBron James and Maverick Carter, his business partner. They both joined as partners in Fenway Sports Group. Uh, back in about 10 years ago, he um, he joined a, a deal with Fenway Sports Group where he invested about six point five million and he got himself two percent ownership in Liverpool Football Club in England. So he's been an owner of Liverpool for about 10 years now. And that grew they bought it for 493 million. It's probably worth a couple billion right now. So that investment's looking pretty good. So now being a partner in Fenway Sports Group, he's now you know has an ownership stake in the Boston Red Sox. You said Liverpool Football Club, uh Roosh, I'm not sure if I'm even pronouncing this right, but Roosh Fenway Racing and Regional Sports Network NESN. So he's still making moves while he's still playing. That's the biggest thing, biggest difference between him and everybody else, including Michael Jordan. He's making big moves while he's still playing. Yeah, I'm always trying to figure out how he can even manage that. Maybe he has some people that are doing it for him, but that's impressive. I'm like, bro, it's not even the offseason. You decided to just make a moves. <laughs> I think Marvin Carr is a big part of that. I could see that. Yeah, he, he he's a big part of that. So LeBron making more moves. He's definitely on 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 route to becoming a billionaire. He might be. I think yeah, he already is. Or really close. Yeah. By the time he retires, he might be. He'd probably be there. But it'd be interesting to watch. It'd be interesting to well, watch. Well, the interesting thing about it, and what I find a lot of times when like leadership changes, is we end up like engaging in hero worship, talking about Jay Z and and LeBron James, mm-hmm. which is cool. But like we all can't be the best basketball player in the world. It's a lot easier to make billion dollar moves like that when you're making a hundred million dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like I, I see it and it's cool, but it's like I want it for more of us, not just LeBron James and Jay Z. Um, I kind of get tired of looking at the those people because it, it doesn't change our community. Like they get wealthier, move to Bel Air, be out on yachts, but like it doesn't change the community. Nothing changes. But you see, like the Circle CEOs. They out there buying groceries, buying gas, doing all that kind of stuff. I'm more excited for those people. I'm more excited to see people like Nehemiah Davis, who then helped Spurgo get his thing going. Nehemiah Davis is massively successful and he helped Spurgo become massively successful. That's what I want to see. So congrats to Jay-Z, Jigaman, and LeBron. But I don't want us to be sitting around here because I've noticed that that the conversation has kind of changed on social media. I'm seeing more slander of LLC Twitter than like the celebration. I've seen like the joke memes like, oh, take your $1,400 and invest or take your $1,400 and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, they're like bashing the business culture that I think was 
generate over the last four years, which scares me, man. It really scares me because then it becomes like the waiting on the stimulus type thing. Um, we become the people waiting on the stimulus. And I mean, stimulus is great and all that. But what happens with the stimulus a lot of times is it, it just goes right to Amazon and all these other people. People get it. And I was thinking about this today is like a lot of like the reason why I think a lot of our businesses were able to thrive when the stimulus hit is because a lot of people's money is already accounted for. Your paycheck, you already know where it's going. Yeah, you know. So you're literally having to fight with somebody's light bill to get a customer. You're having to fight with somebody's gas in their car to get to work to get a customer. But the stimulus creates this money that has no attachment to it and it just flows. It just flows. And so I was watching David Chan's. David Chan said he had his best year selling shirts ever this year because of the stimulus. And so like, that's why another reason why I don't want us to become a culture that depends on the stimulus, because a lot of times the stimulus isn't last, it's fleeting. And then uh, a week later, the craziest thing about the stimulus, man, is that like they gave people, I think the first one was a thousand dollars, the second one was 600 bucks. And then the most recent one is 14. But the problem is as soon as they get the stimulus, they want another one because it wasn't enough. Right. And so it's like people, when, when they got that 600, it was popping. They're like, yeah, we got the STEMI. And now it's like, we need more STEMI because the STEMI is not the solution, man. A stimulus is not the solution to your problems. And that's why I'm a very large proponent of investing the stimulus, putting that stimulus to work, because I'm, I'm just big on putting your windfalls to work. Money that wasn't accounted for, make it permanent, make it last forever. Figure out a way to, to sit, the way, put, sit that money aside. Maybe invest with some friends and family. Go buy something that's going to pay you guys some money or generate some, some income or give you some equity. If you buy it right, the way it's kind of tough to buy real estate right these days. They be sucking all the profits out. But yeah, that's my thoughts on the stimulus, man. Yeah, it's kind of like you said, it's, it's ready for the business owner because. Yes. <laughs> it's ready for the business owner. It's so funny, man. Apple Apple did a hundred billion and a quarter. Not a coincidence. But the crazy part about it is not only do the business owners get your stimulus money, they also get their stimulus money. And that stimulus money is fat. They're getting PPP loans that are huge. Uh, my father-in-law, he works in trucking. His owner bought like 18 trucks with his PPP money. So they're just investing in their business. So they have to invest in their business, but that's just going to make their business more profitable down the line. So they're getting your money and they're getting their own money. It's funny because at my job, like this this week was like terrible attendance wise. And people are thinking the reason people aren't coming to work is because they started getting the stimulus over the weekend. That's I crazy. still I still want to think that is that's not true, but it's like, man, I could believe it. You ever saw that that meme where there's like a sign at McDonald's and they're like I know you might think your tax refund is all the money in the world, but please don't quit your job because you'll be trying to come back here soon. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because, I mean, like I said, people don't work because they love work. They work because there's money attached to it. That's why whenever I look at people and they're like, I want to come work for you. Like, you don't want to come work with me. You want some money from me. <laughs> That's what you want. You don't want to work. You don't want to work. If you want to work, you work for free. But yeah. yeah. So you had a tweet where you said products of how was your life? That's always that. That's what I learned, man. Um, I feel like my whole life, I just been like working, 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 hustling, hustling, hustling. And when you do the math, even if you know the math, I used to do the math. I was like, all right, if I make this much money every single year, it's going to take me this many years to make a million dollars. But I see people like Nia the Lock God, she's doing million dollar months or million dollars, $2 million. I see um, Crystal, she made $50,000 in a month. She went from 
I think she was making like, I think 20 bucks an hour at her job. I always like when she says that, I'm always confused. I'm like, were you making $20 an hour or are you making $20,000 a year? I don't know. But she like, even still $40,000 a year and you made that in a month. And so like, we are existing in a very amazing time. And uh, Ashcast said this today, where we have the ability to bring our products to the world because social media is just so huge. Whereas before to get access to this many people, you had to get the okay from a television network. You had to get the okay from a billboard company. You had to get the okay from the radio station. You had to get the okay from the magazine. All these things that we were priced out of. Same thing is true. Even if you wanted to start a business and you wanted to sell different widgets, you had to go get a commercial lease. You had to be able to afford that, have the credit for that, have the money for that, um, have the even time to be there. We are in a very amazing period of time where you can have a store that's open 24 hours and never closes and it's self-checkout. And you could just stock with products that never go out of stock. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing to me. But you can't get hours of your life back. If you wanted to work 24 hours, your store can work 24 hours, but you can't work 24 hours. You don't want to work holidays. You don't want to work weekends. You want to be with your family. But that that online presence is ever generating. So sometimes it feels kind of like a cheat code and people will see people making that kind of money. And they're like, they're not supposed to be able to make $50,000 in a month. They're supposed to make $40,000 in a year. But like, F that, man, like it only improves everybody around when you make that kind of money. Everybody gets to win when you make that kind of money. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. And so you don't get there by working. And that's just what I realized, even if it's not an actual digital product, like I always tell my mom, like, it's not your job to do tax returns. It's not even your job to review tax returns. At one point in time, it's not even your job to even bring in tax clients. Your job is to own the system that does all the above. You own somebody who generates clients for you. You have somebody who does the returns for you. You have somebody who reviews the returns for you. That is business that creates unlimited scale, unlimited wealth. That's how you get there. But I didn't realize this until I saw it done right after years of doing it the wrong way. <laughs> and so like now I realize like I couldn't I couldn't imagine working a weekend job or working an even job. Um, somebody put out a quote. And they said, don't get a second job, hire yourself. And so it's like, start your business, get it out there. And then who knows when you're going to hit, hit that, that major come up. And shout out to uh, Crystal Williams. Uh, back when I interviewed her back in January, uh, check out episode 81. 
um, in January, in the middle of January, uh, close to the end of January, and she was saying that she was still aiming for her first $20,000 month. And by the end of that January, she hit it. And now in March, she's talking about she's aiming for her first $60,000 month. How yeah. she, she's already, she 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 hit the $20,000 in, in January, like on the last day. Then on February, she did it like in two weeks. Now she's aiming for sixty grand. She's saying that she's already on track to hit 100 k in the first three months, even though she was aiming for 200 for the year. So shout out to Crystal. Let me see well, you out there. What, what I take from that is she's figuring out what works. And I think that that is such a hack. Like when you find out how to print money, you just got to lean on the money printing button. And so that's what she's doing now. She knows. She's like, we, we had her on the mastermind and she's very big on reels um, because reels get massive engagement because Instagram is pushing it forward, trying to take, take out TikTok. Um, and she's like, all right, well, let me figure out a way to leverage it into my business. Um, her products are affordable. She's bringing massive value, which I think is huge, massive value for the price. I'm telling you, if you can do that, that is especially on a digital product where there's no shipping, there's no overhead, there's no production cost, none of that stuff. That's how you do it, man. And, and she's just leaning on it. And I'm, I take my hat off to her, but I, I only bring it up because I want the listeners to do that. Find what works. Raphael, you guys have a business. You have multiple products. Maybe you need more products. You got to find that product that works. Um, when I found out that people wanted the, the options course and were having success with the options course, I wasn't still trying to convince them to buy the real estate investing course. I wasn't still trying to push them to buy the vending machine course. I leaned on the course people wanted and were having success with. But you don't, you don't know that because you can't really predict what the market's going to do. You have to kind of like fill out the market and see where the market is. And that's why it helps to have more products than not, um, especially in listening to your audience and what they tell you they want. Um, so even with the the combo course, we kept getting DMs like, oh, well, the options are great, but I need to know, I don't even know how to do the, the stock market. I was like, boom, combine that. There you go. Combo pack. Combo pack is so more than the options course standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out Crystal, man. She definitely yeah. believes in doubling down and tripling down. Actually, the uh, Crystal sister's been killing lately too. Mm-hmm. And you also had a tweet where you said, "Making money every day that you spend it is a mindset that changed money for me." Tough to be broke if you're always earning. Yeah, Chris. Um, he told me that he's like. You got to make money every day. You spend money every day. And I was watching the Ashcast interview and he was saying like he was working in banking and he realized that like the people who had money and freedom, they always had cash coming in. But the people who are struggling, they got paid once a month. And so it's like you have to position yourself so that you're getting paid every single day. And a lot of times that's going to come with products. It's going to come with, um, I mean, and products don't have to necessarily be like a course or a widget. It could be a service that you provide. Something that you get paid for that's not connected to your time, I would say, as a product. Um, and so it really will give you some kind of comfort. It'll give, it'll take the stress off of you if you have different things going. Um, I think more of us need to understand that because a lot of us, we let so much time pass, man. If you work eight hours a day, five days a week, you're making money 40 hours of a 260 hour week. Is it 260? I always forget. Maybe it's 150. It's some whatever number. But you're making money for like a third of the time, maybe less, probably like 20% because 40, let's, let's do the math. I'm going to do this math right now. Okay. Cause I've always, I, like, I never understood how people could even justify that. Even when I used to work a part-time job on the weekend. So 24 times seven is 168, 40 divided by 168, 23.8%. So you're working like 25%. The other 75%, you're doing nothing but spending money. And you might even be spending money when you're doing that. So how do you expect to get ahead 
if more than half of your time alive, you're not even generating revenue. But if you have a business that generates money all the time, I'm sure there are people out there with digital products that make money every single hour. I've seen Dantes make a post. He said, last month, I made a hundred bucks for every single hour of the month. Have you seen I, him say that before? I yeah. Saw, I saw, yeah. I saw, I saw a tweet or I saw a post. He said that, yeah, the other day. Every single hour of the month because he has multiple streams. He has his digital products. He has his his uh, do-rags that he still sells. He has his his sweatsuits that he still sells and he's expanding that brand. I haven't seen him that active online in a while. I need to track him down. But I think that um, it's just a mindset hack. I want us to get into the, the mindset of generating money at all times because the thing about it is this thing in our hands called a cell phone gives us the ability to do that. All you got to do is fire up a post. Most people are just afraid to ask for the sale. Most people are afraid to put themselves out there. Most people are afraid to let people know that they add value to the world. When all of us add value to the world, Raphael, if we didn't, we wouldn't even get a paycheck in the first place. So bring the, bring the value that you bring to your job to the world. Fire it up. Create a meme, create a post, pay to get that post on a larger page. Like if 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 you aren't utilizing this thing to make money every single day, that's your bad. That's your bad. There's no reason why. Like, and I think that's the craziest part about like this whole social media thing is African-American people, we kind of push the culture for it through social media. Like black Twitter makes Twitter, black Instagram makes Instagram. And so now folks have just been able to figure out how to monetize that following as opposed to just letting Twitter monetize them, or letting Instagram monetize them, or letting TikTok monetize them. Now they're like, okay, well, how can I utilize this presence, this following, this engagement and add value to my life, not just to Zuckerberg's life. Zuckerberg is a multi-billionaire. Jack is a multi-billionaire. How come they get to become billionaires off of your back, but you can't make money using their, their platform? That makes no sense to me. I think that um, the the girl Twiley, she does it best. This girl created a whole fashion line off of her engagement. She's her own fashion model. She's her own fashion designer. She posts pictures of herself in her own attire and sells out. Nia the Lock God, you got to leverage your following. You got to monetize your following knowing that you're not taking anything from them. If anything, you're adding value to them. And also a lot of times you end up hiring your following. Most people who work for me are people who follow me, people who supported what I had going on. And I give it right back to them. And that's the value of being somebody who generates and produces is the people who then kind of work with you. And that's the craziest thing. Like we buy all these Nikes, we buy all these Jordans. But if you go to Nike headquarters, it ain't a bunch of us there. But if you go to earn your leisure headquarters, if you go to all the other headquarters, there's a bunch of us there. That's a way you close the wealth gap as well. You can't give away all your wealth gap, all your wealth, and then say, like, why is there a wealth gap? You gave it all away, fam. It's like Malcolm X says, he says they get, he said they have more money than you because they get two paychecks. They get their own and they get yours. <laughs> right. Sad, man. Sad. Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. So you had a tweet where you said, nobody buys more coaching or consulting than the person who already has money. Yeah. Um, I think a part is you have disposable income to do it. 
But I tweeted it because it shows that even the person who is already successful values education and growing. Um, I buy everybody's course, even if I don't watch it yet. I just bought Ashley's courses. Um, I'm going to watch those. Um, I'm a part of the Well Squad. <laughs> I'm a part of um, David Shan's group. Um, I've got some stuff from Ian Dunlap. Like anything that's out there that's relatively affordable, I'm copping it. Now, the stuff that's like kind of pricey, I got to meditate on that. But I mean, I bought so many courses. I bought, I think I spent, I bought Trucking Justin's Trucking Course. I bought Alex Good Energy's trucking course. I bought everything that Chris drops. I just been investing in my education because like people, the reason why I was able to even get to a certain point through e-commerce because I bought Chris's course. And so we're living in an era where people are giving you million dollars worth of information for 50 bucks. Literally call me 100K. This dude has made so much money in options. My mind is blown. He posted a trade. He made like $500,000 on a trade, Raphael. He made $500,000 on a trade. He's not worried about your $150,000 wealth gap. And he got that course made for like 40, 50 bucks, maybe a hundred bucks at that time. Key, paid off his student loans. He's made hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm pretty sure they're still out there buying more courses because you can always sharpen the sword. You can always improve. Um, and the people who are at a high level, they're not even just paying the cheap prices for content. They're investing big bucks to get into like certain clubs, certain mastermind groups. It is big bread, like tens of thousands of dollars to get into certain mastermind groups, but they do it because it's worth it. They're going to get a return on their investment. They always say the best investments you can invest in is yourself. And so I, the reason why I post that is because I want the people who aren't there yet to see the value in doing those actions. It's like, if our goal is to be like, what do people do what people are doing? If what people are investing in their education, I'm going to invest in my education. If they're reading books, I'm reading books. They're listening to podcasts, I'm listening to podcasts. They're going to conferences, I'm going to conferences. I got the Grant Cardone conference. I still haven't gone to that. I bought a lot of material because I know it's only going to make me better. I feel like this year, it's really going to be me in the lab, like just studying, learning, growing, because I just feel like life goes in cycles in a lot of ways. So you have highs and you have lows and you have highs and you have lows. Like I said, 2019 was great. No, 2018 was great. 2019 was eh. 2020 was great. I'm not expecting 2021 to be too crazy. Be tough to kind of top 2020 anyway. So my goal is just to kind of skill up, figure out how we're going to attack the next year with the head start. <laughs> what was I going to say? So question for you, um, for the listeners, go listen to the Oglesby and Scott show with the interview with Terry Gioma. Did you, did you get Terry's course? I didn't get it. Well, I mean, I, I share it with uh, Roshana, but I haven't really watched it, watched it. Oh, okay. 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 Now you, I think you, uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure you talked about this on an earlier episode. You just mentioned like 100K, call me 100K, made 100K on a on a trade. I'm guessing you, you've never made that much uh, on a single trade? Right. Half a million dollars? No. <laughs> I never made that much money on a trade. That was impressive. Nah. So, how do you feel? You you talked about this before, but I just want to ask you again. How do you feel about people that taking your course have done stuff that you haven't even come close to, even though you've made um, a lot of money? I'm inspired, man. Um, I'm inspired to just have found a way to add value to the culture. I always talk about this. Like a lot of people, they don't release their information. Well, a lot of people think they're the end all, be all. So they think that what they know is it and nobody can outshine them from their content. And that's why either they don't release it or when they do release it, they release it at a very, very high price. So like, quite honestly, I don't know a lot of people 
who have people who have taken their course, who have outdone them. Like, I don't think that anybody has taken Terry's course and has done better than Terry. Um, but she's made a ton of money from that course, <laughs> a ton of money from that course. Um, so I, w- I would just say that, like, I get inspired by it for a few reasons, because I just want to see us win. I think it's great to have, to see somebody out there who just has that much money. I think that's great. Um, I, gr- I think it's great to see people who are paying off their student loans because See, the thing is, is people like us have an abundance mentality. Like I see something like that and I'm like, cool. I mean, it's just possible. Not like, oh man, he either made taking all the money. He's not taking all the money. He's not taking all the money. We could still go out there and make money in the stock market. And that's what makes the stock market so dope is all of us can eat even off of the same opportunity. So I think it's great. I think it's an inspiration to others. And I wouldn't want other people who are holding off on releasing their content because they don't want people to outshine them. You're, you're playing the game wrong because one of the reasons why I was able to succeed is because people did better than me. And I just promoted their success. I was like, bro, like this dude took my course and he made this much money. That's crazy. Like I'm, I'm impressed. Um, and they're over here like, yeah, like I took your course, blah, blah. And I was like, this is just, this is helpful. This is a testimonial. This is marketing. This is great. And so like we all eat and that's why when we all participate, we all win, man. Like we can't lose when we work together. Like even in that space, he's winning big time. I'm winning big time. We all win in big time. We're just adding value to each other and all using each other to get to the next level. That's how you should, you're supposed to build an economy. Right. You got to have, you have to be securing yourself, have self-confidence, man. So you can't be worried about people outshining you with your material. Uh, you just got to remember, like, we all born with different gifts and abilities and somebody can take your same stuff and just do better with it because they're just made differently. You I think that be, should be the goal, man. The yeah. goal should be that. You got to be willing to be like Eric Snow to the Allen Iversons out there. Like. <laughs> and if you're asking who Eric Snow is like exactly he was a point point guard for the, the Sixers but he was like a mentor to Adam Niverson even though Adam Niverson had 10 times the talent hmm. but he was a always team. Snow was always a team. always tell people that like and this is why I'm really big on team stuff it is like they all got champion well they didn't get championship rings but like they came close they all like people being on the team you still get a ring you still get that bonus you still get to pose the trophy you still get memorialized in history it's like you don't gotta be Steph to still get that ring. You don't gotta be um, Jordan to still be in the documentary when they're looking at that team. Uh, still get to go to the White House. Yeah. Still get to be in the pictures. You still get the same ring that the the MVP got. You get the same ring with the same diamonds in them. Still get to call yourself a champion, even though nobody even saw you take your warm ups off. Like <laughs> same thing. And we're gonna touch on this one last tweet before we wrap it up. And by the way, for the listeners, like he was talking about mastermind group. Be sure to join the Todd Capital Mastermind Group. Come join us. Great stuff. We got great speakers in there, like Crystal Williams. We should be getting contest soon. Right. It's a whole index of uh of speakers, man. Like if you go to the gum road, it's like 15 mess 15 lectures already there. Yeah, I was so, looking at it today. It was like, oh, it's a lot in here. And just come join us, man. A bunch of people getting together, trying to build their businesses up. And like you said, got a bunch of great speakers coming in, dropping jams, Andre Hatchet, Erica Williams, Crystal Williams, Adam Ivey, Michelle Welch. Come join us while it's still 20 bucks a month. Cause yeah. just got the email. The price is going up. Right. <laughs> going up soon. Come join us, Talk Capital Mastermind Group. The link will be in the show notes. And we just touch on this one last tweet where you said, 
folks will live in the same house as you and still not want you to succeed. Um, I was I was posting this uh, this video from TikTok. I like the TikTok that's like about substance, not just like girls in no clothes dancing. Um, it's very interesting how like it's, I, I look at that. And I'm like, I just think it's interesting how they like shake their body with no clothes on, but like also say they don't want attention. And then they're also like, it's like, they, it's like they, they say they don't want attention, but then like they're also like flaunting, like they're selling sex. I just don't understand it. Um, I'm a fan of modesty. Um, just, I don't understand. You, you don't want the woman who's shaking her body on the internet, guys. Avoid. Um, so yeah, his TikTok, he was talking about all these different things he wished he knew when he grew up. And one of the things he said was... Um, yeah, love from that. Sickness. Yeah, he's like people on the internet will support you before the people that are closest to you because you know that that whole saying like they have a hard time accepting that you um, came from the same place as them, but you made something of yourself. And the thing that I think is interesting about that is it's true, um, and it's unfortunate, but it's true. Um, it's like th there's less of a threat. And I think that that's why, like, they'll support you about what you have going on. Um, it's like, it's not, it's not in their face. Like your success doesn't immediately attack their success, but like people that are in your circle, they're like, if I help you, you might become too successful and leave me. Or if I help you, um, who's going to help me? What am I going to do? But I feel like that's very short-sighted because a lot of times when you help somebody, you, you circle back, when you give, it comes back. And I think that we as a coach need to get over that. Um, I share a lot of things because I want us to challenge. I want to challenge ourselves to change. I don't just share it to be like, ah, man, we suck. It's like, no, support your friends. I, I, like, I've, That's just been my culture from just my entire life. I've always been somebody who has been willing to celebrate my friends and support my friends. Um, and I think that I'm blessed and successful because of that. And I think that's important for people to understand that, like they say, you don't lose the light from your candle by lighting another candle, but the value is on the internet. And I think that that is a big part of the reason why you need to be taking your business to the to the internet and taking your business to social media and taking your business to e-com because you're gonna, you, like a lot of people who want something out of life have probably already approached their friends and family about supporting them and their friends and family not supporting them probably frustrated them and discouraged them. And so try the internet, see what the internet will do for you. Find people who are like-minded, people who are talking about the same thing you're talking about, people that you don't have to convince um, because they already understand, they already get it and see what happens. Take him out, Raphael. Yep, yep, yep. Shout out to the um, the advertisers. As always, fully sponsored by Todd Capital. Go to toddcapital.co for your affordable financial education. Shout out to OKF Shades. Have the finest shades for you to fit your lifestyle. Shout out to Get Lace Laces because premium kicks need premium laces. Shout out to Pure Body Company for your all natural body care needs at shoppurebodyco.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow myself, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow my partner, Charles, at Real Todd Billion. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. Also at Todd.Capital. That's Todd with two Ds. Also follow at Bless a Black Man, you know, and for episode episode 86 of Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast, Raphael and Charles, we are out.
Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holler at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.